live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. Back to pass, fires down the middle, has Adams and he dropped it. He went up to make the grab at the 48-yard line. Wingard hit him, but he had already dropped the ball before he got nailed. Carr, pressure in his face, and he's sacked. Dewan Smoot for the second time in this game, and he takes him down at the 19, and the clock continues to roll. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It is Cofield and Company on this Monday, Monday Night Football. That means we are out at Twin Peaks in Henderson. What a spot. And by we, I mean, of course, myself, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, He's basically the mayor of this place at this point. <laughs> no Steve Cofield today. You're out there. You're you're requesting weighing of food. It's it's nuts out here. You you just run this joint. They do. Wait, it, the the post show meal is what's more impressive. You would appreciate it considering what you eat, because they yeah. get rid of everything and just they send me the sirloin platter and the chicken and shrimp platter. Combine the two so it's all protein and then just a ton of broccoli. Well, I feel like our shrimp is fried. It's delicious. No, it's not. Okay. You can you can request it grilled. Right. It's delicious. I'll tell yes, you that. Yes, everything's delicious here. It's fantastic, and it should be where you are watching Monday Night Football. I had a couple friends come down last week. They loved it. Hopefully, we'll be back out here tonight and uh, check it out. It should be a good game. Ravens and Saints. But even if it's not a good game, I'll say this. It's probably even better to come down here when it's not a good game. Because what are you going to do, sit at home and watch a bad game? I'd rather be here at Twin Peaks, check it out. But it should be a good game tonight. Get into a little bit of breakdown later on. Saints and Ravens. Of course, the Saints coming off of that big win over the Raiders last week. We'll get into what the Raiders did this week to follow up on that performance. Did they play? Uh, I think so. Some changes made around the league in terms of coaching. So much other stuff to get into here on this Monday. Don't forget, it's also opening night for your running Rebels and your Lady Rebels down on the campus of UNLV as well. So much going on out in the world right now. But, Willie, the most important thing is how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. You know, just uh, it actually was a really productive day, surprisingly, because Mondays are usually crammed and... The only thing that tripped me up and threw me off for about 30 minutes was I got this email telling me that my money request from PayPal has come through for a Bitcoin purchase. And it said, if you didn't do this... Well, you got you got one? No, no, no. I, I don't know. what It, it just it was some message. And it said, if you didn't do this, call this number. So it's almost like... it, And, and it came from service at PayPal.com. So I called the number... And I'm humoring with the person because at some point I'm like, okay, this is. They're like, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, here, here well, here's how we're going to handle it. If you already hit cancel, can't because it was a request. If you already hit cancel, here's what we're going to do. We need you to download this app to your phone, and we're going to access your app to get in there and block anybody that's like, oh, okay, hold on a second, would you? And I started googling the number because I wanted to see if it would pull up who was actually calling me, or who the number was. And then so I could address it, and I could never find it, so I just hung up, called PayPal, told them what was going on. They reported it, whatever, and the whole thing. But that threw me off for 30. Other than that. 30 uh, minutes? 
Well, yeah. Really, I get that email eight times an hour. Oh, I don't get no. Then you're you got you got issues. Phone, email, tech, no. everything. Jesus, who's trying to get in your PayPal? Everyone. Well, how many? I mean, it's it's nuts. How many? How many spam things are out there? You know, the only thing that I'm getting an abundance of, and I just can't wait till Tuesday Lower is ones. yes, the calls, the text messages. Will the, the best is when they call. Are you going to be voting? Nope. Oh, that, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, just to just to irritate them. First of all, you should vote. No, I'm going to. Okay. It's just to irritate the people. I try to engage with them, but they're not real numbers. I know. Really you did that call. in the media room one day. I do it I, almost every one. It was but fantastic. But I stopped because now I'm getting I, – I think today – and I'm, I'm actually freaking out a little bit because I forgot a phone charger, and my phone during election season has been dying six, seven times a day. I'm probably getting – I'm turned off my ringer right now, but I'm probably getting 12, 13 calls an hour. Calls. Yeah, we well, yeah. Oh, I get text messages. Oh, text 50, 60. Text, text for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because you engage them. So, well, to say that everybody tomorrow is election day, you could have already voted, but you should go out and vote, obviously, tomorrow. But it would be nice to move past. Did you do early or are you voting tomorrow? No, I like to participate in actual election day. Me too. Like, if I'm not in town or something, then I'll vote early. But I do like the process of going on election day, even if you have to wait a little bit. I like to I like to be a part of that. This was a big weekend of accomplishment for me, by the way. Okay. I you know, the show with Gooch, throw the flag. Sure. We have one of my favorite comedians on. Comedian. Angela Johnson Reyes. She uh she blew up years and years ago on the nail salon bit. And now she's She's, she's coming to Treasure Island. Now, the thing is, is I tracked her down long before I knew she was coming to Treasure Island to, to work on getting her on the show. And then once I found out, I said, well, we'll just wait. She came on Saturday. It was a fantastic spot. I am going on Friday. I paid for my tickets. Sixth row on the aisle. Wow. going to go back. I bought her book on Amazon. I'm going to take it back. Get, I'm going to – I'm complete fandom. Complete fandom. I'm going to get it signed in a meter afterwards. That should be fun. And then yesterday, I felt as if – it, it a lot of things came full circle because you are a big list guy on Twitter. You're sure. The, and and you know we've known each other for like twenty plus years. Ever since you joined the RJ, you were putting Jordan in the paper. Everything. We are now Twitter friends. Sure. Well, we always have been. I just in a sense, yeah. We just yeah. But that's a sense of accomplishment with you because well, it's you, a big deal. Right. You got back on Twitter. I didn't yeah. know that you were. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was like, all right. Well, now you're back. Yeah. And I'll switch. I'll switch it up. You, yeah, you were. There was a guy. It was, it was funny. The one day I was like, I called you, and I was like, I'm thinking about sending this tweet out, and you're like, Wait a minute, wait a minute. You said you got off to avoid tweeting anything that you may regret. Just hold off a little bit until you're really sure. Yeah. I waited another week because of that. I'm glad people. Somebody listens to me out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Willie's back on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, Follow him. Back. <laughs> Follow Willie up on Twitter, and check that out. Uh, he is back, so you never know what's gonna what's gonna pop off of his Twitter feed at three ne- in the morning. You never know what's gonna pop off the Colts Twitter feed either, apparently, because oh my god, they made a move today, and it's of course relevant here in Las Vegas because the Colts are playing the Raiders this week. The Colts decide to fire Frank Reich, hmm. which is a preposterously bad decision. I thought so too. So, the Colts move on from Frank Reich. I'm not sure who made the decision to go to Sam Ellinger. I'm not sure if it was Frank Reich's decision to sign Matt Ryan after signing Carson Wentz. 
whoever moved on to Sam Ellinger is the one who probably is to blame. If it is him, fine. Or just tell him, hey, he's not starting anymore. I don't know. I don't know how that decision became a reality. But a team that had hopes of winning a division was still in the mix for, to win the division because nobody else they're stepping up that big. I mean, the Titans are winning some games, but they're catchable. It was just a couple of weeks ago you and I were talking. You said, I still haven't pe-. You were sitting on that side. Yeah. You said, I. it was like two weeks ago. We said. And just, then so- they made the move, which made no sense, unless they're all out tanking, which apparently they are, because they fire Frank Reich, who I saw earlier today, uh, um, over the last four seasons, is fourth in the NFL in terms of coaching decisions, uh, creating positive win percentage for your team, which means... Of course, in my world, he trusts in math and analytics. He makes decisions that help the team win, or at least put them in a better position to have a chance to win. And he's had success there for sure for a few years. They underperformed last year because Carson Wentz had a bunch of turnovers and then, of course, missed a couple games, uh, missed one, and wasn't effective in one because he wasn't able to practice. Uh, Last year was a mess because of him. They made a crazy decision, I think, to go to... Matt Ryan this year, but I do think he was stable enough to potentially win them a division. And then they go to Sam Ellinger, who is a complete and total disaster. Look, if you just take yesterday's game and say, what is this that they put on the field? Sure, I get firing him. I get firing him for somehow missing the playoffs last year by losing to Jacksonville in the season finale. Fine, but if you're going to fire him then, fire him then. What are you doing now? But the bigger story, because for about 45 minutes – Frank Reich being fired was the biggest story in the NFL. Until the Colts trumped it by somehow making Jeff Saturday their interim coach. Why is this strange? If you're, you know, don't follow the Colts and you don't quite understand. Jeff Saturday was their offensive line coach. No, their offensive coordinator. No, uh, no he wasn't on the staff. Is he like a consultant or something? He was supposedly consulting, which to me, is a complete conflict of interest from somebody that's analyzing games on ESPN. ESPN, But that's beside the point, uh, because we didn't even know that he was doing that. He has coaching experience. What, he coached three, four years in the NFL? No. He coached three years at a high school program in Georgia, not even a good one particularly. And he's the interim coach of the Colts. Bizarre decision. Now, there's also some intrigue, and we'll get into this a little later, that he was watching the Raiders game last week. The Raiders look horrible, and now his first task as interim coach is to try to beat the team that is horrible in his mind. That'll be interesting to monitor this week. But I actually do think this makes sense, and I'll tell you why in a second. But first, your thoughts on hearing that Jeff Saturday, longtime offensive lineman, close friend of Jim Irsay, has been named the interim coach of the Colts after firing Frank Reich when... Three potential head coaching candidates, including two that have done the job in the past, John Fox, Gus Bradley, old Raiders defensive coordinator, and uh, their special teams coordinator is a rising potential star in the coaching ranks. Three potential head coaches under staff, two that have done it before, and you go to a guy that's never coached before. You already know what my first thought was when I saw it. Was oh Gus Bradley's gonna they're gonna just automatically because sure I'm a Gus Bradley fan but that didn't happen. Um, my very first thought when I saw Jeff Saturday 
as you mentioned, close with Ursay, was that how long has Saturday being an analyst and, you know, the, the, when they get these former players on or GMs or former coach, whatever, and they sort of specialize in certain teams, divisions, wherever. I mean, they, they talk about all the NFL, but I'm sure they break down film. He can do it, obviously. How long has he been in Ursay's ear is what I'm wondering. Sounds like since he retired, because he was offered a job in the front office, decided not to do that uh, after he retired. So I'm sure they talk very often as close friends. Hey, Jim, I can do this. I think I know why he was named interim coach. Um, and it's not, look, it's not exclusive exclusive my theory. I think other people have kind of assumed this as well. And we'll tell you on the other side why this, why this happened and why it's silly. But I guess if this is what you want to do with your team, it's your right as an owner in the NFL uh, for Ursay to do this. Uh, But we'll talk about that when we come back. Twin Peaks and Henderson, your spot for Monday Night Football. Come on down, join Willie, watch the game. Ravens and Saints tonight and every Monday. Get over to Twin Peaks in Henderson for Monday Night Football. Awesome food and drink specials. Plus, Cofield and Company's Willie Ramirez will have plenty of great prizes you can win. It's Monday Night Football at Twin Peaks in Henderson. We got one of the best backs in the league, and you know, guys been doing a good job getting him to the second level. And it's, it's hard not to want to try to establish that, even when you do have a good pass game going. I understand that part of it, but also understand if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And at the end of the day, we can rush for 700 yards in a game. I'm still gonna be like, hey man, I'm ready for the ball every play. You know, that's just the dog mentality, and that's why I'm here. You're listening to Cofield and Company live at Twin Peaks. It is Cofield and Company live at Twin Peaks Monday Night Football coming up. Come on down, watch the game with Willie, the mayor of Twin Peaks, as we're referring to him, or at least I am down here on Eastern, just uh, south of the 215. I always get confused. I feel like it's it should be north because you get off the 215 and turn, but it is south. Of the 215 on Eastern Twin Peaks, your spot every day. We're really from Monday Night Football. I kind of feel like you're a dog. You want the ball, like, and not the ball, but like you want the mic every, like, you're ready to go. Like yesterday, you got off the freeway to go to your favorite face place for Sunday football, and you're like, hey, I'm gonna be around. And you jumped on the show. Like, you, you're a dog. You, you want the ball. You want the mic. Sure. sure. I think that's fair. And, you know, when you're as talented as myself or Devonta Adams, that's. What you want. Right. Uh, we'll get into Devontae's comments there and what Josh McDaniel said today. Sort of in response. Not directly maybe in response, but uh, sort of uh, talking about what Devontae Adams said uh, yesterday uh, in terms of the team going away from what was working in the first half in his mind. Uh, but we did kind of tease my thoughts on why Jeff Saturday has the job in Indianapolis. I think it's twofold. One, I do think they want to make sure they don't win. I think that they have decided it's it's about next year. It's about moving on. It's that's shocking to me. Not that you think that, but that they think that. Well, I think that they they thought maybe they had a quarterback of the future in Sam Ellinger, and good lord, that was a rude awakening yesterday after a, not a great performance last week either. Uh, Bill Belichick tends to do that. I don't know that they've completely pulled the plug on him. But I do feel like maybe they're thinking about that for the future. But I think more importantly than tanking, because tanking is the obvious one that everybody's kind of pointing out. I think it goes a little bit deeper. Does Jeff Saturday have a chance at the full-time job? I guess so, but I don't think that's the goal here. 
I don't think that they're going to try him out and see how he does. And, hey, if he makes a great run and takes him to the playoffs, a la Rich Versace last year, uh, he might be able to earn the job. But I think he is a very close confidant of Jim Irsay, somebody that Jim Irsay trusts. And I think he is there to basically be a spy. Vet everybody a little bit. To say, okay, we've got Gus Bradley. We've got John Fox in there. We've got some other potential coaches who have a bright future. What do you think of all these guys? Let's see how they work. Now, I don't think it necessarily will. I don't think, I don't think this plan will work great because everybody kind of knows that. And, and you're not going to get the true self of everyone. You're going to get a lot of people trying to make an impression now on the head coach, the interim head coach, in order to have a good review from for Jim Mercy. I think that's how it's going to play out, but I think this is the plan. It's go in there and watch everybody. Did the schedule, did the rest of their schedule help bring you to this determination? Because they do, I mean, it would make sense. Because they were at one point 3-2-1 and one when we talked about it, right? And, they're, and, the, and two of their losses were to the first-place Titans. So it's not as if they've had bad losses. They, they lost to the Jaguars. Okay. Uh, they split with the Jaguars, but they lost earlier. They tied with I the, the Texans. Texans. Tied with the Texans. That was to start the season. But then they beat the Chiefs. Then Now they've lost three in a row. Well, but they do have a tough slide. I mean, outside of the Raiders, then they got the Eagles. Let's be fair. The officials beat the Chiefs. Yes. The officials beat the Chiefs in that 20-17 to 17 yeah. game. Uh, Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers, Giants, not easy teams coming up so it would make sense like hey we're not going to do much yeah is matt ryan on the shelf for the season i mean it was so weird when they made the announcement that's part of i think what played into this as well when they made the announcement of matt ryan they said so matt ryan's benched and the answer was uh well he's hurt oh so he's he's not benched he's just injured so he can't play well he would be benched if he wasn't hurt so is he being benched? Well, he's hurt. Like, it was just a, a, a cycle of, what are you talking about? Mm. What is happening here? And nobody would give a straight answer. It was very bizarre. Finally, they came out and kind of coordinated the message and said he's benched and hurt. So who knows how long he'd be out or how long he could, when he could play uh, officially. I think he probably could play if they really needed him to right now. Uh, it's, it's a mess of a situation. I get all that. But I just I don't think you move on from a guy who is a really good coach, in my mind. I, I think he'll catch on very soon somewhere else, and I think he'll do a good job somewhere else. You mentioned <clears throat> Jeff Saturday's tweet from last week against about the Raiders against the Saints. Raiders are horrible. And how bad Sorry, Raiders it, look horrible. How bad it would look if they come here and now lose. Yeah. How bad would it look? If Gus Bradley comes in and coaches up the D and the Raiders lose. Well, and we can get into this more later. It would be tremendous for the Raiders. The Raiders should not be trying to win games at this point. What are they? Why would they try? Makes zero sense to me. Well. But they're going to, and they're going to, they're, I will say, they're going to win on Sunday mm. and, and put themselves in an even worse position. But yeah, I yes, that would look terrible. If if the offense can get nothing going against a struggling team who just fired their coach and put in somebody who's never coached a game before uh, on any level of a staff, 
and the Raiders lost and did so to a defensive coordinator that they got rid of, yeah, that would look terrible. But in, in the end, it, should, it would be a good thing for the franchise, I think. Uh, so there's a lot of things at play here. And let's not pretend like the Raiders are some model of consistency right now. However you want to characterize what Devontae Adams said yesterday, and I know some people have a problem with being, quote, calling you, out. You pointed out something very, very good this morning. I did? Uh-huh. Keep going. Talk, what keep what did I say? I, are you talking about on the morning show? Uh-huh. I had slept for 45 minutes. I don't even know what I said. So everybody sort of jumping in and say, you know, oh, Devontae's calling out Josh Good, finally, play calling, so on and so forth. But And he would say, you know, well, why'd you die, get away from it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And you had said, well, Devontae Adams had nine targets in the first half, but he also had eight in the second half. Yeah. So maybe they didn't divert, and you just didn't catch the ball. Well, I would. Well, he did. I think there was one drop. We there had ten like, receptions. What do you? What do we? What do we tweet was, out? There was. He was nine for nine, or no? Yeah, yeah first nine half, for nine. Nine for nine. So he was one for eight in the second half. Yeah, and it was for zero yards. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. I also like. What I would say is there was one that I think he could have caught. There was a lot of throws that were nowhere close to him. Like it wasn't, they didn't throw it to him less in the second half than they did in the first half. They weren't catching them because of a couple reasons. One, that the pass rush started to get a lot better, and Josh McDaniel said that was part of the play calling was we need to run the ball if only to make sure that they can't just put their heads down and rush every down because we are getting killed now by, by all of a sudden the pass rush of the Jaguars kind of started to take over. you got to keep them honest. Make them think at least that there's a possibility of a run. So that was part of the decision as well. There was a, there's a lot of moving pieces here, but whether you want to say he was quote calling out Josh McDaniels or not, he was clearly expressing frustrations with what's going on. And Devontae Adams was careful to say, "Look, I love my coaches. I I really like the process of working with them and trying to get better." And he said, "And if we would have run for 700 yards, I still would have complained about not getting the ball enough because that's what I want to do. I want to get the ball every time." Well, this was today. You were at the facility. I was. Don't, I think we have some sound from today on McDaniels on Devontae. Oh, actually, actually, because I made a point to, I made a point when I sent over the rundown about yesterday's comments it, that I found interesting. Can we hear the first one? Right, let's not sit here and say we didn't have chances. We certainly had chances in the second half to complete balls to him and anybody else. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like we didn't have opportunities there. So they didn't like double him to the point where we couldn't throw the ball to him. We just I didn't feel like we were as efficient uh, in the second half. Certainly not as efficient on early downs. Felt like we were in third and long. You know, damn near the entire day. You know, when we got the third down. So it's got to be more productive on first and second down with our opportunities, whether it's the running game or the passing game. Okay, so. I heard that yesterday. I watched the press conference live. And, and what I took from it was like, okay, so he's pointing out what we have to be more efficient. We had chances. It's on the offense, like, because it's his offense. And I've been very critical of, of where and always saying it starts at the top. Play calling or not, it starts at the top, right? So later in the press conference, at, where he says we have to be more efficient, we didn't have chance, or it's not like we didn't have chances. You heard what he said, right? Sort of putting it on them comes back and talks about in answering how to hold leads because this is the third 17-point lead that's been blown, and he says this. It's not good enough, you know what I mean? I know that. Um, and so, you know, we got to coach better in those situations. 
we got to avoid feeling like, you know, the situation is okay, you know, and um, I don't sense that our team relaxes when we have that situation, but obviously that, that may be the wrong thing, you know what I mean? Like I said, we've played some stretches of football that are good, good enough to, to get ahead and, and pr- produce a lead, but that's not what this league is about. Sometimes lessons are learned the hard way, and obviously we, we've had to swallow some difficult ones this year, And but I have a lot of confidence and faith in the, in the way that these guys will respond. They always do. Come down and you know try to have another good week of work this week back in Vegas and uh, go back at it. So now he says, well, we have to do a better job in coaching in those situations. We means his defensive coaching staff. So it's almost as if, and I could just be cynical, I could be reading into it, I could be creating something that it's not there. You're out there more than I am. Um, it almost sounds as if, hey, they had their chances. We we did. They have to be more efficient. But then on the defense, we have to coach it. It's He's take, he's removing himself from the equation is the way it sounds like to me. So he says we have to do better coaching. No, what you mean is your defensive guys, Patrick Graham and company. Well, I mean, maybe. he. Josh McDaniels again today talked about, you know, I'm not – he's like, I don't call perfect games. I never prob- I probably never will, and nobody ever will. Right. Um, he's got to call better plays. He's got to do a better job. I, I know – look, I know that there was parts of the game, and he will never say this. A coach will – I love it if coaches said this stuff, but – he was clearly angry at Derek Carr yesterday for missing some plays that they thought were there. He There's a clip of him on the sideline. Yeah, I saw it. And, and he's he's like, use your head. So he clearly was frustrated. He's not going to come throw his players under the bus, but he thought, and I think what he says, there was opportunities. What he's saying is, look, you can call a play. I, I need to call better plays, but sometimes you call a play and the players just mess it up. And I think you saw plenty of that yesterday. And I, I'll tell you what I'm sick of. If you are out there saying, hey, this defense, what is this defense doing? Right. I'm Stop. With you. I'm with you. Stop. First of all, you invested everything in your offense. Yeah. Like, sure, you paid Chandler Jones, you paid Max Crosby, yes. But you invested everything in the offense. You brought in an offensive coach. You paid all your offensive players. It's on the offense. And, by the way, the defense blowing leads, let's stop with that. How many stops did they get yesterday where they said, okay, now offense, go ahead and do your thing? And Nothing. They got to stop up 24 20. Offense, here's the ball, go win it. They got a three and out. Then they stopped him and held no field goal. 27 20. Offense, here you go. Go to your thing. Three and out again. Or four and out, sorry, I guess I should say. So stop with the defense. It's the offense. There's defensive issues. The fact that they're 15 of 15 giving opponents scores in, in the end zone on go to go situations is unacceptable. There's certain things about the defense that have not been good this year. But it's not the defense. It's not. Stop that. This is a team built to score. They were they were built to outscore opponents and said, hey, defense, just do whatever you can do. That's how this team was constructed, and that's what you're getting. And the defense is actually doing that job. We said before the year, if the defense is like top 24, the offense should be good enough to, over, to, to make that win, winnable, to win games with the top 24. And that's about where they are, and the offense isn't doing their job, so stop it with the defense. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Vegas with the puck with the second unit on. Theodore across to the left. Kessel shoots save. Rebound score! Riley Smith. Riley scores his second of the game. And the Knights take a 3-2 lead with a power play goal. 
You're listening to Cofield and Company live at Twin Peaks. It is Cofield and Company out at Twin Peaks. Monday Night Football coming up in just a little bit. Watch the game with Willie and all the great folks down here at Twin Peaks. I got plenty of prizes, by the way. Got those game day specials coming up, too, which are great. Yeah. Oh, you know what we have tonight? You're very excited about something. I am. Because I showed you this on Sunday. I was like, we're, we're doing this. On, we're doing this at Twin Peaks. I'm just going to say it now. Diversion Amusements. VIP table for four people at Diversion Amusements, the ultimate pregame tailgate party, home game viewing party, November 13th against Indianapolis. VIP table includes table seating, four drink tickets, large pizza for four. This is for the Raiders-Colts game. Sunday. Sunday. So I got a ton, but I got a ton of Rebels tickets for basketball and football and a $50 gift card for Vegas sports and hockey uniform joint. There you go. So get down here. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 a great spot, even without all that great, all those great prizes. But uh, yeah, definitely come on down here. Come down here and watch Golden Knights games too, because sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure this team is never going to lose again. Yeah, they're going to win every game for the rest of the season. I think. Really, good. they're going to finish eighty and two. I think so. Uh, maybe you rest guys at the end of the year. Yeah. You got things. You got things wrapped up in January. Yeah. You got the one seed wrapped up. I think you can start to rest guys at that yeah, point, and yeah. then maybe you lose a couple. Bring, yeah, send send them down to uh, AHL. This is nuts because look, again, early in the season the schedule wasn't great, but they were winning the games that they were supposed to win and uh, really finding their legs a little bit. And then you go on the road, and it's a long trip, East Coast, some good teams. And I think what we said was, hey, split the trip, get half the points out of this trip. Was well, six six game trip, get six points. Already did that. They've got some tough games here left remaining on the trip, but the way this team is winning, they're finding different ways to win. They're winning low-scoring games. They're winning high-scoring games. They're they're just finding ways. And, uh, you know, the old misfit line back together, just crushing people yep. like it's 2017. It's it's a it's a fun ride this team is on right now. Tomorrow's going to be a dangerous one, but it'll be fun to watch. Toronto snapped Boston's. So for the longest, they, they each had 10 wins. They each had 20 points, but Boston had the better, air quote, record because they were 10-1. and one. Gold Knights were 10-2. It's not air quote. That's legitimately the better record. Well, I'm just saying. You know. Sure. I got you. I got you. Uh, but Toronto snapped Boston's seven-game win streak on Saturday, and now the Leafs catch Vegas' seven-game win streak, and Golden Knights have never won in Toronto. Yeah, it's not an easy place to win, for sure. I I'll, I guess I can say I'll negative jinx it, but I'll say... I think I think this is the game they lose. That's, I think so too. So maybe we'll be proven wrong, and maybe we're let me check the, right I'm, into a win. I'm checking the line real quick. I uh, I just feel like I mean, look, the trip. It's a long trip. They're doing really really good things on the trip. They're playing really well. But Toronto's starting to find themselves a little bit, and I'm sure they're a little bit upset with the, the last meeting. Toronto's favorite. So yeah, oh, I would assume so. Uh, this it's a tough game, but the way the Golden Knights are playing, I don't think you'd say any any game is unwinnable at this point. Uh, they're just a they're a really good team right now. Look, it's a long season; things change. You could start to run into injury issues again, like you did last year. But for right now, this team is playing just really, really well. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G Ramirez, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. 
hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. Company, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez in on this Monday here at Twin Peaks. Your spot. Food smells good. Might have to, might have to jump in on that. They, that's you would love that. I know which I know what you like. Steak you, salad. That was the nice steak salad. I just was giving out perfect gear, hand, walking around, handing out. Of course, out. you are. <laughs> we we uh we do have a friend on the line, uh, good friend of of ours, a former colleague. I'm still getting used to saying that, I suppose, uh, at the Review Journal, who's now over at the Associated Press. Mark Anderson joins us. How are you doing, sir? No, no, Adam. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I uh, bolted to become Willie's colleague. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, greener so, pastures. I get it. So he's he's still a colleague <laughs> as far as far as his panel is concerned. Better coworkers for sure <laughs> uh, now. Uh, but you uh, you did. Uh, we'll get into I guess what we can expect uh, from you in a couple of minutes. But you were over uh, at your first Josh McDaniels presser today, and what a time for it. Uh, an interesting time <laughs> in the Raiders season. What were your first impressions being over there at the facility and hearing Josh McDaniels today? Uh, he's very talkative, uh, which I knew from from seeing him before online and and reading the transcripts. But uh, he, I guess being in person, I was just kind of struck about how he just kind of really goes on. Now, how much he actually says is another thing, but he's good at least putting a lot of words together. So, uh, But, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. I think all these years covering the only football has kind of prepared me for this, though. Well, <laughs> the death. Yeah, I guess in terms of the the inner turmoil, if you will, and the, and the the disappointing losses, the way the teams are losing, you you sort of become accustomed to that after covering UNLV football for so long. But on a pro level, uh, it's it. Gosh, it's 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 so polarizing. You know, um, in in doing it, Mark, for the last few years since they arrived here. Yeah. And everything that this team has been through, but it's not as if you've been, you know, immune to it. Because during the Review Journal, you're still from afar. You you know you were guest on on Raider Nation Radio, so you've been watching it as you've seen the season progress. Just your thoughts, because there's so many working parts to so many different people's opinions on this team. Whether it's the coach, yesterday with Devonte Adams, right? There's just so many different moving parts to everybody's why this team is where it's at. What have your thoughts been as the season has progressed or in this team's uh, digressed? Well, uh, something that really struck me as odd in preseason is when Josh McDaniels talked about. Uh-oh. We lost him. The Ra- did Josh McDaniels cut him off? The Raiders were like, I don't want to <laughs> hear it. That's it. You want to hear what he said? It was like in, in Forrest Gump where the colonel backs up and he pulls all the cords out and then you can't hear him. It's it's interesting that Martin will wait and see if we get Mark back here. But uh, it's interesting the uh, the what he said there about you know Josh McDaniels talks a lot whether he says anything. Yeah, you never know. Which ninety nine percent of the time it's no. He 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 has mastered yes the long answer yes. with nothing in it. I told him that this morning. Yeah, Mark, because uh, he texted me. He was asking the question about, I was like, hey, uh, there's a bunch of labels here. Where do I sit? I was like, is this is this seat the AP seat? And I was like, find a seat, and then they'll label it for you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And we got to talking, and, uh, yeah, we just, you know, I was telling him how things would go. Well, but the to, to that point, usually that is what Josh McDaniels gives you is 
like a minute fifteen answer where you're like, "Wow, that was a, that was a lot," and then you transcribe it and you're like, yeah, "Oh, nothing. he said nothing." Right. Wasn't the case today. He actually said some things today. There was some substance, and I think a lot of a lot of that maybe been rea- maybe was reacting to Devonte Adams and his comments yesterday, which I think Josh McDaniels did a good job of saying, "Hey, look." I'm glad that he's frustrated and angry. Like we should be losing yeah. sucks. It's not yeah. fun. And didn't he say at some point, uh, "I'm sick of answering the same question every week," or "We're sick of answering the same question every week"? It was uh, just something. Yeah. Well, jo- uh, Devontae said that yesterday. Right. And no, but I thought Josh. No, said and then Josh, and then Josh kind of said the same thing today. Of like, I don't, I don't want to keep coming here every Monday and, and giving the same answers to the same questions because the same things are going wrong. Which I get that too, and I think both of them also said, "Hey, look, we also know that's your job to keep asking the questions and to keep finding out what is going on." And uh, it, it does get repetitive. It gets repetitive for us as as writers, who every week, okay, they blew a lead, they lost. Now they're even further out of where they want to be. When are they going to turn around? What can they do to turn around? Today, the question was asked: When do you start planning for the future? Like when do you start looking at hey let's play young players let's let's look at trying to get a better draft pick those sort of things and they're not there yet because mathematically they are still alive they could they could win nine of the last ten games and, and you know or eight of the last nine and try to find a way but for the most part it is trying to move on uh, sorry that Mark we uh, we lost you there you uh, you were talking before we lost you about uh, kind of the first the first day in there. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm in. The, I'm still in the radio facility, so maybe my line got cut off. You know. Oh, oh <laughs> no! Here, oh, yeah. are you in? Are you inside? Oh boy. Yes, I am. I'm the yeah. only one here. So okay. So uh, uh, let's see if this works. But we will. We'll tell you, and we'll let everybody else in on this. Do not take phone calls in the building. It is a disaster of a reception area. Uh, usually, I think when most of us are doing it, we go. You walk over by the uh, by the torch. That's where I do my interviews on the phone. Uh, okay. but yeah, we'll hopefully it'll hopefully we'll keep you on. We should have uh, maybe talked about this uh, before, but yeah, you'll learn this one quickly. Inside the facility, not a good cell zone. Well, not only that, Mark, but you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. I mean, just like the that great scene in the client where Uncle Johnny yeah. looks at Benny Benny the Blade and he he pays his fist and hits the 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 table in the restaurant. And he goes, "Damn bugs." <laughs> Got to get an exterminator in here. You never know who's listening, my friend. You never know who's listening. You never know. No, but, but uh, from what I was, I was, what I was saying is, you know, the one thing that struck me as odd in the preseason is when Josh McDaniels talked about how the readers have to learn how not how not to lose, how not to lose. And if the one, if there was one thing they did really well last year was finding ways to win, uh, especially late in the season when they pulled out those last four games in the regular season. So I, I just thought it was an odd comment. It made me wonder if, wonder if he was kind of misdiagnosing the problem or misdiagnosed the problem. So uh, I don't know if that's the case necessarily, but it's, it's just something that's kind of stuck with me this, all this time. You know what? It's a great point. I put it on our rundown for later in the show, I believe, is that particular quote that he said earlier this year where he said, well, we got to learn not to lose. You know what they've learned how to do really well this year? Lose. Yeah. Yeah, They've done a yeah. great job. It's like it's like they perfected that. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. I mean, you, you lose uh, three games by 17 plus points, tying an NFL record. I mean, that's just uh, you know the, those are, those are you know the, the funny thing is you thought in this division they'd be have a tough time just getting making the playoffs anyway. And the division, I guess, not quite as difficult as it you know as everyone thought. But but it's just. You know you can't do that in the NFL. The games, the games are the margin of error is just too tight, and you start giving away games. 
you know, they'll your, your season gets away from you pretty fast, and that's why you get situations like Devontae Adams yesterday. But his feel, feelings doing uh, pretty clearly. So we were talking about you uh, being out the Raiders facility and uh, starting to cover this team now. Tell, I guess, just tell everybody, inform people what are you what you are going to be doing going forward. Yeah, one thing that uh, really attracts me to this job is is just not one beat. Um, I love the idea of doing the Raiders, doing Golden Knights, doing Aces, doing events like uh, the Pac-12 Championship that's about three weeks down the road. Um, you know the the different college basketball games that uh, come to town uh, is a great doubleheader. The T-Mobile coming up uh, pretty soon. So that's that's the one thing I, I love. There's a there's a great variety and and uh, and just to get the opportunity to cover all those games is just. Uh, um, I think that's what that's what really attracted me to the job most most of all. I, I heard nothing in there about working with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes without saying. <laughs> sure. So that is Mark Anderson, of course, now uh, with the Associated Press, longtime veteran journalist here with the Las Vegas Review Journal. That yeah, the, the building. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, talk we'll catch up with. We Mark learned the lesson. Point, yeah, we yeah. we uh, we told him the lessons of the building. You gotta you gotta learn the ins and outs of working at the Raiders facility. It is a uh, it is a cell phone nightmare in that media room. You yeah, there is you can get nothing from there. Yeah, I, I I don't know. And I here's the thing you you and I have learned over a couple of years here is that if I was alone in there, I still probably wouldn't take a call in there. Not because of that reason alone, but for what I said because. You know, we're always looking up in those vents, and sometimes the red light's on, sometimes it's not. Who knows who's listening? Sure, yeah, there is there is recording devices in there. We, I mean, it's not like it's secret. We know there's recording devices in there, right. but uh, you don't know. But it's not about that. To me, it's about uh, reception. It's reception. Of it is, it's a it's a mess in there, and uh, it's fun. I'm not I'm not criticizing uh, anyone else, but there are people that call me pretty much every day. People maybe that I work with, and that. I'll answer and say, all right, hold on, because I have to go on like a 15, 20 second walk to where you can actually talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. And the whole time, hello, hello. I'm like, I've got to go to a place where I can talk. Every day we go through this. Yeah. Every day. Just just wait till I say, okay, I'm ready. Yes. Hold on. Yeah. And also, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's a building flaw necessarily. I think it's just where it's situated in the building. Uh, It's tough to talk over there. So. Yeah, we'll talk to Mark Anderson uh, in the future about uh, the new new role and uh, working with you, the most important part of his new beat, for sure. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun because, I mean, you know, I know Mark when he got here, I think in 99. Uh, Sounds about right. I yeah. mean, I, I, was, I was still kind of interning at the paper then and started full-time in 2002. Yeah. 20 years ago. Wow. And Mark's been there the whole time, too, so... Yeah. Interesting to have him moving on. Well, we talked a little bit about uh, what Devontae Adams said, about what Josh McDaniel said today. We'll get into that in the football frenzy, as well as Justin Fields is good. Aaron Rodgers stinks. Tom Brady stinks. Josh Allen stinks. It's crazy. It's true. Oh, I think we're early. It's my fault. That was my fault. I was trying to set something up perfectly there, and that's just, that was not good. That's what happens when, when Steve's not here. We just eh. get thrown off and do our do our craziness. You, you, you were getting excited. You were getting hyped. I was trying. I just started to I started to build up to our point too early. Yeah, I I, I um I'm ready to start a new show. By the way, 
Okay. <laughs> okay. We haven't. Well, we have. You and I haven't done. We did a show. We did. What did we do? No, we were going to do Friday show, and then and then you decided to get in the car and drive. True. We're, we were going to be on together on Friday, and then we weren't. So, um, I'm gonna. Yeah. Oh. That's right, because we were talking Sunday. I'm going to start watching Suits, and you're like, dude, that show's old. But I didn't know that, because something, something popped up on my Instagram reel, and it looked intriguing. It's so a very old show that the the Duchess, Meghan Markle, was on that show, and I think it ended in, like, 2019. We'll get back. Josh Allen stinks. Aaron Rodgers stinks. Justin Fields is good. What's going on?